0: could he a few pounds.
1: Michigan's own Bob Seeger. I'm sitting with Michigan's own she John Setting. Have you seen Seeger or have you not Boy seen Seeger? I have,
0: and it Some wasn't that
2: long ago. Really? Can I tell you the most insane story very quickly? I don't, is Stephen on the line? Not yet. Okay, well, this will hold fine. us over until Stephen gets on the line. This is the most insane story ever. We were living over here in St. Pete, okay? And... I showed up to my apartment in St. Pete, and in the parking lot of my apartment in St. Pete was this guy that I went to high school with in Lapeer, Michigan. He was in your parking. He lot. was in my parking lot in my apartment in St. Pete. Was he looking for you? No. Talking you? No. He was doing. He was working for a construction company that was remodeling, that was remodeling the unit above us. And I mean, this guy is not just a guy. He was one of my good, good friends in Michigan that I had lost contact with over the years. Moment, just like magical moment. We're reunited. It was just unbelievable. So that night, he's like, I'm working here. I'm working here. Like, we're working here. My company's working here. So I'm like, whoa, man, rekindled. You know, we're we're back. We're yeah. pros. He. We went out that night. We had some beers and some sandwiches. And the next day, I got tickets to the station to go see Bob Seger. So this guy, who I know is from Michigan, was like, oh, man, if you could give me an extra ticket, I would love to go with you. So we go to the Bob Seger concert together. This <laughs> is getting weird, I know. We go to the Bob Seger concert. We come back. He was he was adult. He had been drinking, and, he, and it was weird because Danielle's sister was staying with us, and I didn't feel comfortable having him stay with us. Right. So he took – he was like, well, I'm going to go sleep in the unit that I'm remodeling upstairs. And I'm like, okay – I had an air mattress that I had just bought the day before. It was still in the box, hadn't even been used yet. I said, "Here's this brand new air mattress, and here's some bedding. You can go sleep in that unit upstairs." I give him that. I never saw him again. We hasn't answered a call, hasn't retu- never what? returned a text. Stole my brand new air mattress. Stole my one of my favorite blankets. And and now every time I hear Bob Seger, I think of him.
1: So you ne- you saw him for the first time since high school randomly in your in your apartment in St. Pete.
0: When's the last time you tried to search him on socials or something?
2: I found him on social media not that long ago because it's been years now and he got married and I think he lives in Orlando and stuff. But literally, he stole my he stole my air mattress that I had never used before that was still in the box and one of my favorite blankets. And then he just became unreachable after that day. He never came back and worked again in the apartment above. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that, these things only happen. It, it to you. was so bizarre. <laughs> Seven two seven five seven nine one zero two five is our number. Joining us right now is a guy who's got to feel good about this year's Buccaneers. I mean, to root for this team after supporting the team for so long since he was a little kid and fell in love with their logo, uh, that's got to feel amazing for one Stephen Shea of Barstool Sports. And he's always very good about making time for us either before or after a big Bucs game. Stephen, thank you very much as always.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Drew.
1: Always a pleasure to uh, to get your insight. And let's talk about the biggest story in Tampa Bay because I don't think I've gotten a chance to chat with you about it. Antonio Brown coming to town, staying in Tom Brady's rented residence, St. Petersburg. but Brady says, if this goes south, it's not a reflection on my character. Is he right about that or is he crazy?
3: Uh, I mean, it, it's like uh, any person at a job that vouches for someone when their company brings them in like it's going to reflect on you so uh <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think it would reflect i don't think it's going to go down like when you know in 15 years 20 years when we're talking about tom brady's legacy i don't think we'll talk about uh or hopefully we will uh but it probably won't matter if antonio brown flames out right now like tom brady's legacy is done yeah. uh, he has six championships okay. with the patriots he can certainly enhance his legacy with a seventh uh, Super Bowl ring with a new team especially uh, but if Antonio Brown flames out is with the team a few weeks uh, it'll be a mere blip on the radar and people will not discuss this as part of his career but um, you know it's certainly a risk you look at a uh, you know kind of transcending or changing sports but you know the last dance was a very popular documentary earlier this summer on ESPN and um, you know the Bulls brought in Dennis Rodman who was certainly mm-hmm. a very um, out their personality as well. But you know, Michael Jordan Scotty and vouched for him. Um, and he was the the piece that kind of put them over the hump. Um, so hopefully Antonio Brown can have that type of effect on this team. I think what's difficult is um, Bruce Arians called him an insurance policy and certainly, you know, you see Chris Scott went out one to four weeks with a broken finger, Mike and has missed time with a hamstring injury. Scotty Miller's banged up. Mike Evans is banged up. So Bruce Arians called him an insurance policy. What I think is going to be interesting is that You know, if he's 80% of the guy he was a year and a half ago, he's not only the best receiver on the team, he's the best player on the team. So, you know, if you have a guy that talented, you're not playing him. Mm. So I think that's going to be interesting, to seeing how he's managed moving forward, because he is such an incredible player, despite all his, uh, you know, alleged personal flaws, which I don't really have any comment on.
1: Steven Che joins us right now to talk Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. John Senning? Do you and, and and I don't know if you want to answer this. Do you
2: have concerns just about that added piece? I mean, right now we've got a good thing going. Obviously, the you know, receiving core is banged up, but do you just worry about adding a personality in a, a person like Antonio Brown kind of messing with the mojo of what the Bucks have going right now, even banged up?
3: Uh, I actually don't, because um, I think they have really good leadership and culture. You know, with Bruce Arians and just kind of the veterans in the locker room with Alante David and Tom Brady, et cetera. Um, I, I think they, Bruce Arians said that he went to all the you know veterans in the locker room and the team leaders and asked them before they signed Antonio Brown if they would be in favor of it, and all of them said yes. So um, Antonio Brown, I know, is very respected in football circles for what he can do on the football field. And at the end of the day, we're not building, you know, your dream team boy scouts. You're, <laughs> you're building uh, a football team. So, um, you know, while his, uh, alleged character might be a, a light stain on the overall team, I mean, his football talent and ability is incredible. So I think it's very much worth the risk, especially when you look at the deal that he signed. I mean, it's a $1 million deal. That's mainly, um, roster bonuses and like as, as, assuming he's on the roster he will get paid you know uh, accordingly um and that is all tied to behavior like you look at a leash and he has no leash i mean the most dangerous guy um is a guy with nothing to lose um or sorry with everything to lose and mm-hmm. antonio brown has everything to lose um like this is i don't want to say this is his last chance but if he if he flames out here like where does he go after this you know That's a great um question. so i think I think Antonio Brown is a desperate man, and I think he will um, hopefully perform as such.
1: So, what well, it's easy to look past a game tonight against the New York Giants. How can the Buccaneers lose tonight on Monday Night Football, Stephen Shay?
3: I mean, they lost to the Giants last year. So, um, I don't think it's by any means a given. You look at Saquon Barkley and say, he's out. Well, he missed. Most of the game last year, he got hurt very early in that game and was ineffective before he got hurt. So, Daniel Jones had a great game against the Bucks, um, running the football and also throwing the football. So, I know the Bucks uh, are a better team this year, and I fully expect them to win. The Giants are a frisky team. Five of their last six games have been one-score games. You know, you look at um, a team. A lot of people are calling them the best team in the league, the Steelers, and that was um, a close game throughout. I think they lost by ten. Ah, uh, the Giants at the end, but they've been close in all their games except I think San Francisco. So um, I believe the line right now is at twelve. favoring in the Bucks. Uh, it's a pretty heavy line. Um, I would be. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to win the game straight up, but you know, as far as you know, gambling and covering, I, I wouldn't be surprised they don't. I, I think this could, is going to be a closer game than people think. Um, the Giants historically have given Tom Brady a lot of problems in his career. I don't think that the, these are you know your daddy's Giants, but <laughs> Um, it, it should be uh, an interesting game in prime play. Hopefully, the Bucks show out, and it's you know over by halftime. But um, we'll see. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call the Giants a pushover by any means. They are a frisky team.
1: Frisky, I like that adjective a lot. John Sanding, what do you have for Stephen Che? Stephen, you mentioned the wide receiver core being banged up.
2: Chris Godwin obviously out. Who do you see stepping up tonight as far as the receivers to uh, kind of fill that hole of everybody being hurt and, and Godwin not being present?
3: Yeah, so Antonio Brown's still not able to uh, play. He'll be back next week for the big game against the Saints in prime time. Um, but I expect Tyler Johnson, the rookie out of Minnesota, to have a, have a really good game. Uh, he's a guy who I think could maybe even have a, over 100 yards. Um, he's going to play that kind of Chris Godwin-type role in the slot. Um, and Tom Brady has found him often. I think he has two or three touchdowns this season. Um, but he's just kind of emerged. You saw him a game against Chicago where he was kind of a big player. Um, I expect him to have a pretty good game and even you a know, uh, fantasy play worthy um, game tonight um, wow. for the Bucs.
1: So the San Francisco 49ers traded Quan Alexander to the New Orleans Saints. And a lot of people are saying that's a direct move by the Saints to shore up against the Buccaneers. Do you think that kind of tilts things uh, in the division a little bit, Stephen?
3: Uh, I mean, he has division familiarity, but the thing with Quanis, he's, he's never been able to really stay healthy. I mean, he's a, he's a nice player, but he is another one of these linebackers that I think he was, his playing weight is like 215 pounds. Like he's listed, I think at two thirty. he's really light. Like he's basically a really big safety and he's really fast and he, you know, makes plays on the balls and he's certainly an inspirational leader. And I really loved him when he was a buck. Um, but he makes a lot of mistakes in pass coverage. So, uh, when you look at him versus our current guy, also out of LSU, Devin White. Devin White is a more instinctive, um, faster, and uh, better in pass coverage than Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander went to San Francisco, signed a really big deal, uh, and then didn't win the job. Um, uh, Fred Warner uh, beat him out for that job and is a nice player over there. Um, but yeah, Quan Alexander is not really the impact. He's, he's not kind of the player you would think he would be for the amount of money I think he's like a $14 million a year guy. He's not that of before.
2: We're talking to Stephen Shea from Barstool Sports. Stephen, you know, the the hot take topic is kind of, it was. we were going to find out if it was Bill Belichick or if it was Tom Brady that was behind the dynasty in New England. Uh, do you have any opinions on that? Are we seeing right now with what's happening in New England that maybe it was more so Tom than it was Bill or is everything just kind of situational right now?
3: I mean, it's 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 hard to say. New England has been ravaged by not only injuries but COVID opt-outs. They had, I think, eight guys before the season, including some like key veterans, opt out due to COVID. Uh, I mean, you look at their team. Cam Newton is not playing well, uh, and certainly, uh, it, it's a really tough recipe for anyone to win with, let alone uh, you know the greatest coach of all time. Um, so, I, I would I wouldn't put as much stock in that as most. It is certainly a nice headline. You know, Brady's doing great. Belichick is not. It's all Brady, right? Well, I think, I think there's a little bit more to that. Um, I mean, hopefully, this all kind of means nothing, right? Because if Tom Brady theoretically doesn't win a Super Bowl or at least doesn't really get there as a buck, then this season, for the most part, is a wash in that argument and you kind of start a new, ne- a new next season. But um, it- it's certainly something to monitor, and I'm sure the media is going to talk about it more and more as the season goes on and the farther these two teams' records get away from each other. But I actually have something I'd like to bring up first on your guys' show.
1: Please. Oh, my gosh. Um, Stephen Steven che exclusive. Ooh, I love I like this. this. <laughs> I wish we had a sounder ready for it. Yeah. Bam, bam, yeah. Please.
3: So when we talk about national storylines, um, one that I want to start is um, defensive player of the year and a dark horse that actually could come out of Tampa. And it might not be the guy everyone's expecting. I think a lot of people would say, you know, Devin White maybe um, uh, as far as the defense – one guy who I think could win the defensive player of the year and is a little bit more rare. But since you brought up the Patriots, the guy who won it last year was a quarterback, and uh, it had been some time—I think since Charles Woodson, maybe—since um, uh, since a, def- a defensive player won, uh, or sorry, since uh, a secondary player won the defensive player of the year award. Now, Stephon Gilmore last year. I think one guy, when you look at the stats as far as who's uh, getting turnovers, but also shutting other teams down, and is on a top defense. I think you're going to look at Carlton Davis being a potential candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. just because you know he has the production, he's on an elite unit, and he is that guy. Even going back to Week One when Michael Thomas was healthy, I think he had three catches for 17 yards, and that was because he was being guarded by Carlton Davis. And I think his biggest catch of the game, Carlton Davis wasn't even on him. So um, that's something I think you could start to see get a little bit of buzz in the coming weeks, especially if he plays well the next few weeks. Um, for the Bucs and the defense continues to stay hot.
1: We always appreciate the time. We definitely appreciate the exclusives as of now on that one. I know your day probably won't be affected tomorrow no matter who wins the presidency because you're famously absorbed in football and nothing else. Will tomorrow be come and go for you regardless of who is sitting at in the White House?
3: Uh, I mean, I did a, a mail-in uh, ballot four or five weeks ago, like a very long time ago. I um, Maybe I'll watch some, but I mean at, at the same time, like the uh, Game Pass for the Bucks game is probably going to be available around <laughs> them, so I'll, it'll probably be very much background noise while I'm uh, yeah. digging into what either went wrong or what went right in tonight's game. So, um, yeah, I mean, certainly uh, I've cast a vote, and you know I hope one of the candidates wins, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've got other things um, in my immediate. Um, not even my rear view, but in my immediate view, to take right. care of.
1: Love it. So Check I'm going to handle what I. Can. Oh. Check him out on Twitter. He's Stephen Chase C H E A H. You can join him at Barstool Sports as well, and on radio at Barstool Yak. Always appreciate the time. His podcast is at Going Deep. And uh, Stephen, you're a great guy. Appreciate you joining us as always.
0: All right. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, John.
3: Thanks,
1: Absolutely. Seven two seven five seven nine one zero two five. Your instant reaction, Drew Graba, live Hello.
0: Yeah. First off, I want to say, how amazing would it be? for us to bring home a championship on top of the Stanley cup already in Tampa. I mean, back to back, it would be amazing.
2: be pretty in, sweet in Tampa. I mean, that's in the, Tampa. I feel like that is that getting lost a little bit Yes. and maybe it's because we're, it's still early, but we're talking about the bucks trying to make the super <laughs> bowl that is taking place in Tampa. What a, what a moment that would be unprecedented.
0: And then another thing, I thought I won John's joints, and you guys disconnected me. I don't know if that was supposed
1: to happen. No, it was not. Hold on one second, and I'll disconnect you again. Drew Gobble Live, hello. Who are you? (laughs) Me? Yes, hi. Oh, hi.
0: Hey, guys. (laughs) Sorry. It's all right. I'm Carissa.
1: Hey, Carissa. Just sometimes you got to clear the guys out here. Absolutely. I get it. (laughs)
0: Um, Can I? I wanted to just throw in there, since you guys still had a couple people who were indecisive about tomorrow are you and one of them we we're all ready no not oh, at all i've okay. already voted Oh, all right um can we all remember like that there's other options like i know i think one of you guys are a little bit more definitely more of an independent That's and it's me. like you don't have to vote left or right don't feel like Mm-mm. you're you have to vote either democrat or republican nope.
1: there are plenty of because third party choices out there the joe jorgensen and spike Connor on every single state's ballot right.
0: Exactly. So I don't think like there's obviously like, like, and then two people forget that let's say you vote independent this year. I voted independent four years ago and I'm good with it. I'm obviously voting differently this time, but obviously. in four more years, there's going to be a whole new slew of candidates, a new democratic, a new Republican, a new everybody. Oh. So for the people who are like, because I've met Democrats who are not that biggest fan of Biden, but they sure. don't know if they want to vote for Trump. They don't know what they want. And it's like, well, in four years, you'll have a whole new
1: Democratic pick. Yeah, don't be afraid of that third party is what Chris is saying. Appreciate that. Coming up next, it's okay, it's not okay, feeds right into indecisive voting and indecisive voting. And that's next. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger